Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. I'm delighted to be speaking with you yet again this week. I, uh, as always, appreciate this opportunity and y'all inviting me into your earbuds or ears (laughs) uh, to hear whatever I... um, have thought to come up with to talk about this week. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, 50 listener challenge still ongoing, still only at nine supporters. Wah, wah. Super appreciate those nine though. Y'all are amazing and are my heroes, but, um, would love to really, really make this happen. Um, I'm sure I will continue this podcast even if we don't hit that 50 listener challenge because I really enjoy doing it and hearing back from y'all. And I do think communication is huge for us and helps make such a big difference. But um, again, I would love to evolve this podcast and I can really only do that with your support. So PBS pledge drive style, I'm going to keep mentioning it. When we get to 50 listeners, you're going to see amazing things happen in this podcast, and you'll be so delighted you are an early adopter and um, supporting from the beginning. So patreon.com slash lightfiles. If you're having any trouble with it and you're trying to support but you can't, let me know and uh, I can help fix any issues uh, that might be arising for you. So 50 listener challenge, patreon.com slash lightfiles. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, wherever you like to do your social media, I am there. So I've had um, an interesting week this week, Um, really a lot around industry unity and communication. And I think what my takeaway from this week is, is that there's a lot of us really trying hard to keep this industry going uh, amidst some pretty seemingly insurmountable obstacles. (laughs) And some of the obstacles we've brought on ourselves, um, some we haven't, some are just kind of a factor of the world that we live in. But there's uh, definitely an kind of an absurd number of challenges that we face in the lighting industry to try to like move forward and continue to be successful. Um, but just so I can talk a little bit about what happened for me this week in terms of, you know, big picture industry discussions, I was finally able to talk to, um, lighting one and Greg Garofalo and Angie Proust over there. And, um, there's been, There's really no need to delve into the past, but just a long story, super, super short. There was a major miscommunication between the Lighting Showroom Association and Lighting One, and I am delighted to say that we got that all cleared up this week. Everybody understands where we're at. Um, We all understand that uh, each organization is extremely committed in their own ways to the long-term success and viability of the independent lighting showroom. And that's what we're all here for. That's what we show up for. That's why um, we do our jobs every day. Um, we believe in what we do. We think what we do is a valuable service. We want to share that with our customers and our clients. Um, and so 
any lingering issue that might have existed between those two organizations has been completely wiped clean. And I'm, and I'm really proud of that moment. And I'm proud of us all for taking the time to talk and, uh, answer questions of one another and work through these issues. It just, uh, it goes to show that a little communication can go a long ways. And, you know, that old saying about assumptions, um, and when we do make assumptions, we are only hurting ourselves. And this isn't just in the situation between lighting one and LSA. I think this assumption issue is a lot of what causes these challenges in the industry that sometimes feel like they're going to be insurmountable. Um, yet again, hearing more news about, uh, manufacturers that are important in our industry, developing ever more programs to sell direct to the trade. The manufacturers feel like they have to sell direct to the trade in order to keep up with the Joneses, the Joneses being the other manufacturers who initiated these kinds of programs and have been successful at them. Um, It just, uh, it frustrates me as a showroom. It makes me feel like we're being a little bit abandoned as a distribution channel, I know to anybody I would say that to, I would be assured that that wasn't the case, but it's one of those like actions speak louder than words things. <laughs> and I, it just gives me a lot of concern about independent lighting showrooms in the future. I've said before that I do worry a lot of times that selling direct to the trade and direct to consumer is not broadening the audience. It is just diluting it. So instead of those people buying through the showroom distribution channel or your e-commerce partners, they're, they're, it, there's not a bigger audience of people buying. They're just buying in a different way. Uh, some of that, I believe, is more profitable for manufacturers um, when they can sell direct-to-trade, direct-to-consumer without the showroom. And... Um, I mean, it's definitely more profitable (laughs) when you're selling direct to consumer or direct to trade at at a markup higher than what showrooms pay a DN for their light fixtures. I mean, that's definitely a better deal for the manufacturers. There's also more, way more headache that comes with that more customers are an extreme number of customer service issues, uh, RGAs, defectives, logistics. Where's my product? Are you holding my product? Warehousing issues. There's a whole laundry list of things that showrooms do for these customers um, that when manufacturers take on selling direct to those industries, they too are going to have to take on all those headaches and challenges and daily issues. And um, yeah, I think I think sometimes it's a questionable decision, but it is what it is. It is the way of the world. Again, I think a lot of times manufacturers are keeping up with the Joneses or what they perceive they need to do to keep up with the Joneses. And, um, uh, oftentimes we lighting showrooms feel like we're the ones that take the, (laughs) take the fall, take the brunt of that impact. So, um, but I started this talking about communication between two important entities in the lighting world. And I think a lot of these issues and like real, real concerns that I just glossed over 
could certainly be mended or uh, better programs put in place if we were just willing to communicate with one another. I do think many, many, many times assumptions are made on either side. I'm making assumptions about why manufacturers would pursue these uh, opportunities. Um, I'm making assumptions about why they feel it is in their best interest to do so. Nobody specifically has told me. I can only just infer from what I see going on. Um, but And also, I believe sometimes there's a lack of... Um, uh, I don't want to say investment, but I want to say lack of understanding of all that showrooms do and provide. And um, I think if we were more commu clear communicators with one another about those things, um, the, there would be less, there would be less uh, tension. That's a good word. There would be less tension over these topics and we, we would certainly understand one another way better. So I really do have to commend the group at Lighting One for taking the time to chat with me uh, so that we could all get on the same page. And it, it we did very quickly realize that we truly are all on the same page. And um, that was very heartening for me and made me feel uh, amazing. And I'm really, really glad we got the opportunity to talk and sort of clear the air on past misunderstandings. And really, it just kind of set in my brain this idea that, gosh, if we could just all do this, <laughs> if we could all just talk to each other on a Zoom or in person and like in a really big group format and understand where one another are coming from and listen to one another with open minds, um, I really do think we could make some amazing inroads in these challenges and um, head us all down a path for more success rather than just quite honestly how it feels sometimes is the path to success is paved for manufacturers, um, but it's a gravel road for us showrooms. Um, so we we really just feel a lot of disconnect there. Um but it was really great. I also had the opportunity this week to have a, another independent lighting showroom owner visit my own showroom in Savannah. It was really great to um, have somebody step into my world that understands the world and has their own showroom and unique challenges and to just really sit and talk about some of these issues and big picture concerns and different strategies that we employ um, it, it just was a very kind of collaborative, uh, moment. And I, and I really enjoy that. It's probably the biggest benefit I get personally, um, out of my membership in the lighting showroom association is this opportunity to speak with other business owners in the lighting industry and hear about their particular markets that they serve, the challenges they experience with those markets, the paths that they've found for success um, it's a little different for everyone, but it is, uh, I think just really illuminating and exciting. And I always come away from these conversations, just full of ideas of things that I want to do in my own store and change. And I need to do this. I need to do that. <laughs> Sometimes they give me too many ideas <laughs> and I start going off the rails and my staff probably really hates it and wish I wishes I wouldn't uh, network quite as much as I do. <laughs> Cause I always come up with another idea. 
Um, but it really is just fun and exciting to, to share, uh, what we know with one another, especially those of us who are in non-competing areas, but maybe use a lot of the similar platforms in the administration of our business, um, from like, uh, POS systems to websites and how, um, each of us use those, those tools differently, um, and to, and have varying degrees of success with them. But, uh, we can really learn a lot from one another. Like, Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. You know, from just simple processing task to, Oh, great. You know what? You really solved this big problem for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it just was so uh, powerful. Um, I think hopefully for the both of us, but definitely for me, um, just sharing those experiences and how uh, we use the tools in our showrooms to do what we do and to be efficient, to be effective, to have, provide great customer service, which is, you know, the whole reason people come to visit us anyway, <laughs> is to get that great service and expertise and um Anyway, it was just a lot of fun. So I did a lot of like big picture industry communication, uh, thinking and feeling this week. And, and, uh, it's been, it's been a very, very interesting one. I, um, have also been pondering a lot. We published into the LSA this week, uh, Kirsten's data recommendations, and, um, th those data recommendations are available to anyone who wants them. They are not strictly for LSA members. I did give them, they did get to see it all first. Um, but those, those data standards are something that we feel is very important for the entire industry to adopt. I want everyone to see this document. I want everyone to absorb this document, uh, in this ongoing, um, uh, communication between manufacturers and showrooms, I think to the degree that manufacturers could really take these recommendations to heart and implement them. I know um, manufacturers are much bigger operations than most uh, independent lighting showrooms. Some independent lighting showrooms are quite large, but uh, most of our manufacturers have bigger uh, operations than, than we do as showrooms. And so I know implementing all of these things can be tough to do, you know, at, at the drop of a hat, they do require some, some planning and programming, but I would just, just love to have all of these recommendations adopted across the board. I would, um, shout it from the rooftops, all of the manufacturers that are doing all of these things, not just some of them, but all of them. Um, and so I can't wait to hear from people that said, um, that come to me and say like, Oh yeah, I did it. This is what we did. These are, these are how we fix. This is how we fix these issues. Um, but so I talked a little bit about some of the recommendations last week. And since these are so critical to the industry, I wanted to review the last couple that I didn't talk about, um, last week. So, um, last week I did talk about, um, publishing new product intro introductions, sorry, with images before, well before markets and ordering begins. That's super critical. I cannot say how frustrating it is to get back to the showroom with a market order in hand and to go enter it in. And, uh, my third party data service has none of the information available and you, you do the best you can, you know, winging it, <laughs> entering in a purchase order in your system, 
but it's never quite right. The images aren't there. It, it can be just extremely frustrating. So publish new product introductions with images before markets and ordering is so helpful. Um, publish all price changes at least four weeks before the effective date so that our third-party website providers can update everyone and scrub all the data in a manner that they need to prior to the pricing going into effect. That's super important. We need to give the same third-party providers, third-party providers primarily being ExoLights and Lights America, we need to give them and showrooms 30-day notice of all upcoming IMAP holidays. That is critical. That is so critical for us showrooms. Most showrooms, not all of us, but most showrooms do not want to be surprised by an IMAP holiday. And if we know about it, if we can plan for it, it makes the world so much easier. It makes life so much easier. Even just providing that information so that my website can auto-correct to the right pricing for the time period of that holiday so that I don't have to answer that dreaded, dreaded question in the showroom. Why is your price higher here than it is on xyz.com? We hate that question. It's so frustrating. It's impossible to explain. And yes, you can say, no big deal. Let me price match. But that idea is already in the customer's head that your price is out the gate more expensive than the whatever.com they saw it on. And I cannot tell you how hard that is to erase from a customer's perception. It is nearly impossible. Impossible. You try it. <laughs> you come to my showroom and tell me how it's done. And I will ease up on this. But yes, the price matching is a thing that definitely helps. It definitely does. And we do price match instantaneously. But the idea is already in that consumer's brain that we are overpriced and they are going to check our pricing on everything and they're going to question every price we put in front of them. And that is such a hindrance in sales. Huge. So notification of buy-map holidays is big. Avoid having a price increase during same IMAP holiday. <laughs> That's a real challenge for keeping up with data and keeping the pricing correct. Um, have an assigned data contact at each manufacturer for third-party data providers and showrooms alike who can address inconsistencies or issues with the data. Um, everything from wrong image to missing image to incorrect dimensions, what, whatever it is that we need to, to, um, work out with the manufacturers to get that data feed correct. There should be a primary contact person that does all this for every manufacturer. And then for ceiling fan manufacturers, we need your data to include current CFMs, lumen output, height drawings, um, for the motor blades and light, all of that amazing information that you put into your printed catalogs or spec sheets, we also need that available digitally on our own websites, not your website, my website. <laughs> so that import that information is super critical to flow through to these third-party data providers or, you know, however you transmit your data, um, to have to go to like three different websites just to get the information for a customer when all I really want them to do is stay locked into my own website. If they drift off to someone else's website, 
even a manufacturer's, they might see that little button that says buy online now <laughs> that redirects them to some e-tailer. Well, if all the information was available on my website, chances are that I am going to get the order and they won't be distracted by that buy now here by with build.com or whatever people say on their websites. It's just really, really important. So the moral of the story this episode is these industry recommendations are so critical and in doing a lot of big picture industry discussions this week, I realized how many issues that we face a a as a collective body that could really just be eased with some clear, concise communication. Let's just tackle the issues. Let's not hide from them. Hiding from them doesn't solve any problems. It just elongates uh, an issue and makes it fester and makes us even more confused than when we started. If we just had a conversation right up front, we could have cleared up so many things and figured out what works best for all of us um, without having to wait two years to figure it out. And by then, who knows the impact to our businesses um, if we hadn't, you know, and if we just dealt with it right away, maybe that impact wouldn't have been there or maybe we would have had even greater success together. And that's what we're all here for is the long-term success of one another in our industry as a whole. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. It's always great to talk with you. I will talk to you again next time. And until then, take care.